studio today it's guest thursday if you're just tuning in to swat radio for the first time swat stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth and we have been advancing truth on the air for almost six years now and uh we um we have a passion to see god's word practically and you know just worked out in guys lives out in the world we're primarily a ministry to men, although we do have SWAT for Women now that meets here in the Salem Center every Wednesday at 10 a.m. And uh, my wife, Lori, leads that. And, uh, you know, being a spiritual warrior is what we're called to be. That means warriors keep going. You know, one thing about the Marines is uh, the, the Marines may not be the fastest. They may not be the strongest, but they never quit. We just keep going. And that that's one thing that I really feel God calling me to encourage in, in our Christian life. The Bible says a righteous man falls down six, but he gets up seven times. And that's what I'm hoping to encourage the men out there to do. Uh, today's program uh, is really a, a, a special day for me because every Thursday I get to talk to people who God is using in our community and around the world to um, to grow people closer to him and put God on display. And um, the guy we have today is no stranger. He's been on here before, and uh, I've had the pleasure of spending a little time with him and uh, can attest to his walk and his heart for the Lord. And uh, I'm happy to wel- welcome Jeff Dalrymple back to SWAT Radio. Welcome back, Jeff. Doug, great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. In fact, me on. you have a podcast, don't you? No more. Well, Doug, well, uh, our good mutual friend Brad Sykes, who's yeah. a regular host here. Yeah, we want to do a podcast. Absolutely. Well, I was interviewed on something out mm-hmm. there. I, mm-hmm. So you just teased me. Is that what it was? It was just a tease. You just teased me. Well, I thought you guys <laughs> we're y'all were you were gonna launch it, right? We're, we're gonna do it. Maybe I even take this as a public moment to say, "Hey, Brad, are you listening right now?" <laughs> Isn't he driving to well, Texas? I think he is. Yeah. He's listening right now. Hey, Brad, this is on you. Oh, we need to, we need to get the, get the <laughs> wait, podcast going. Let's Come not on. Ha- wait, wait, we don't want a Genesis moment. We can't be blaming others. No, I'm joking. No, not blaming him. No, it's just a nudge. Hey, we love him. Well, no, we, we do love him. And uh, we're praying for his grandchild, Graham, who is going to yes. be having surgery. He's having a, um, he's having a uh, heart cath on the 24th. And then major surgery on the 27th. So keep that family lifted up. But yes. uh, Jeff, you um, you kind of quarterback the Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention. Mm-hmm. And I, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Christian Chamber of Commerce. But just quickly, uh, tell people how you got here, like where you came from. Uh, just real quick, sure. you, you, you were up working in louisville mm-hmm. uh, southern seminary uh, yeah southern seminary where were you before that and how did you get there and how did you get here well i'm originally from southern california so if you hear any accent in my voice that's probably why so i spent most of my life growing up in southern california 
I did a bachelor's in organizational management and a master's in international relations, worked for almost 10 years uh, for Dan Dumas and, and Dr. Moeller, uh, who's been on the program uh, at Southern Seminary. It was a huge uh, joy and privilege to be a part of that important ministry, training up and equipping the next generation of, of gospel and minister leaders. Uh, so that was a, a highlight of my life and career. We've been, my family and I have been here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida for four years and change. I'm an elder at Sunrise Community Church, which is an EV-free a church Great church, Beach. Alan Cagle, yes. pastors at. I uh, love Alan. I love that. I've preached there before mm-hmm. uh, and shared there, too. and yeah. uh, it is um, it's a great community out there. A church in uh, the I, I is it Atlantic Beach mm-hmm. or, or kind of more in Atlantic Beach out there off Mayport Road, kind of isn't it? Yep, Mayport and Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Come visit us. Love to have you. Yeah. Well, you, Doug, and anyone else listening. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was. I, I love being there. I was back there when Jim Halstead was there a long time sure, ago. I know Jim, and then uh, also uh, I think when Alan was there shortly after he was there. So, uh, but Alan just got back from sabbatical. You know, he's been there for ten years. That's crazy. So thankful for him. He's a dear friend. Well, um, and, and so you worked for Doctor Moeller. Then you came to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And we started up this new ministry almost four years ago, Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention. Mm-hmm. A website is ecap.net, mm-hmm. ecap.net. And what we do is we help Christian ministries, so churches, Christian schools, camps, retreats, retreat center, any, any Christian ministry that serves children or youth, we help them put together a child protection program and verify that that program's in place and is sustained as intended. Mm-hmm. You know, the problem of abuse in our culture, you know, this, the CDC says that there's one in three girls will be sexually abused before their 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. Stunning, heartbreaking statistics. And yet in our culture, we're sexualizing young people with mm-hmm. these drag parties and everything else that is mm-hmm. just insane to me. That's right. I mean, it, it as somebody who is involved with this from a, an abuse standpoint, trying to help people not allow that to happen, what goes? I'm just wondering what goes through your mind when you see these stories mm-hmm. where these people are out there sexualizing these young people. Well, I don't, I, in, absolutely, it's a major problem. It's contributing to these statistics that I'm giving you. I mean, that ideology has consequences. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That ideology has consequences. And, you know, that's not unique just to girls, but one in seven boys will be sexually abused before the age of 18. Wow. Now, that's in our broader culture, but that comes to a ministry near you. Yeah. And the headlines, especially in... Um, in evangelical headlines, we see abuse as a serious problem in ministry. So our desire is to help ministry leaders, pastors, school administrators, and and so forth, to help them get child protection right. Why? Because we want, well, first of all, it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. These are precious lives, children who are important to God. Jesus talks about children in the New Testament, and they're created in his image, and we have a biblical stewardship to protect them. This is also a great commission issue, which is significant to SWAT radio. I know this is important to your listeners, that we want to keep kids safe so that they can hear the gospel, grow in discipleship, and where spiritual formation can take place, unhindered by abuse. Well, because if if a person is abused, especially by somebody who is supposed to have the Mm -hmm. charge to care for them spiritually— that can do long-lasting damage to a person's view of God, can it? That's right. Absolutely. And heartbreaking. But 
and I don't have statistics on this, but what we see regularly is victim survivors of abuse oftentimes don't want anything to do with God or his church. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I remember just a few years ago, uh, it came out that there was a, a former missionary of the Southern Baptist uh, Church, and he he was a leader, actually, in the whole uh, South Carolina convention. It came out with a big paper out of Fort Worth that when he was a uh, youth pastor, he abused a young lady there. And I don't know if it was multiple abuses, but just one abuse. It doesn't just impact that abuse victim, although that's tragic in of itself. Mm-hmm. But think about all those people in that youth group mm-hmm. who thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Right. And then now their 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 Christian worldview gets shattered somewhat, doesn't it? Doesn't it impact far oh, yeah. beyond just the victim? Absolutely. And the victim's family. And uh, it really does have a significant impact and it affects spiritually and frankly from a human perspective i'm not talking about you know anything related to god's sovereignty here but from a human perspective this is the witness of our lord jesus christ at stake here hmm. well um as i'm talking about this with you a question pops in my mind what what is the responsibility of the church leaders the elder board you know or if they don't have an elder board if they're a senior pastor like I'm not talking necessarily because uh, I think uniquely you come at this not only from a, um, a a secular worldview of training them in those kind of things because to do what you do you have to have that element covered too. And we call that risk management. So yes, it's risk management principles that are maybe amoral or atheological. Yeah, that that, that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with necessarily spiritual things. Right. But also from a theological perspective. What kind of responsibility do the pastors and leaders of the churches bear, uh, Jeff, as they uh, deal with this whole issue to protect children, and how can they do it effectively? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's why we exist. Uh, So the number one reason why a church ends up in court, according to church law and tax, is the sexual abuse of a minor. So just to kind of put that into perspective, it does happen. It's a problem. So what responsibility does church leaders have, your question, is they have significant uh, responsibility. And yes, there's an aspect of risk management to consider for any organizational leader, but especially uh, there's a responsibility of biblical stewardship for that pastor, for those elders, those deacons, whoever's responsible for whatever denominational type church you're a part or even non-denominational. We have a responsibility to make sure those kids are taken care of. Do um, d- Does the Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention have resources on the website that mm-hmm. churches can go to? Uh, or is it something that you have to come out and give them the resources? How does that work? Yeah, so going to our website is a great place to start. So our standards, that's a part of our public charity. So on our standards, what you need to do is freely available in a, in a package of principles, really, that any any church, any Christian school, any youth or children serving ministry can look at and apply to your context. So, yes, that's the place to start. There's articles, there are assessment checklists and tools to determine. Maybe you're already thinking about this. Maybe you're on the front lines of screening and training and uh, putting together your child protection program. So, so is that adequate? So we've got some tools on our website to help you evaluate just internal diagnostic check. How are we doing? Where do we need to improve? And it's a great place to start. Well, and I know because you're an elder at a church too, elders and pastors, uh, 
especially in this day and age, can be overwhelmed with the, the many needs of a church body. So maybe you're listening out there, and a good place to start for you is if you have any connection with an elder or a leader of your church, go to them and ask them, hey, do we have a plan for protecting our children? And don't just accept, yeah, we got a plan. Say, well, have you heard of the Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention? I was sharing with Brad yesterday, the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability came into being because there was so much financial abuse within ministries and churches. Mm -hmm. ECFA. And and, and so you guys kind of do the same thing in the area of abuse prevention to help these churches put into practice things, protective measures, and give oversight um, protections in these churches. So, again, that website is ecap.net. That's ecap.net. So you can ask, as a, as a person who's part of the member, you know, we're all kingdom priests, if you're a believer. You're, you're not just a, a passive recipient on Sundays to go in there and, and receive, receive, and be a consumer. We each have a responsibility. And if you hear this broadcast today, and, and and maybe you have a thought, well, I wonder if our church is doing that. Then go to a leader that you know or, or a pastor and say, hey, what do we have in place? Share that, ecap.net. Say, hey, have you heard about this website? It is a great place. You can go to the website, see some of these. Uh, they have articles on there. They have resources on there. And I'm sure there is a place that, uh, you know, um, if you wanted Jeff or somebody on his team mm-hmm. to contact you, I'm sure they would. Glad maybe that. maybe abuse has gone on, and and do you help people deal with once it's happened? Maybe we, how, how we do don't, you? but we've got some great connections to help. So if okay. that does happen, contact us. Sadly, we get several phone calls a week mm-hmm. where abuse has taken place, either internally or externally, and uh, we've got some great connections. Uh, one here in in, in Jacksonville. Uh, fact-finding ministry does investigations for ministries uh, where sometimes law enforcement doesn't respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a great tool. And so, yeah, contact us through our website. If it, if it's okay, can I give away something really quick? Mm-hmm. So there's a great book, On Guard, by Dr. Deepak Raju at a Capitol Hill Baptist Church, dear friends of this ministry, um, On Guard. And we will send you a free copy of that book if you contact us through the website and mention SWAT Radio. On Guard, Deepak Raju. Contact us, mention SWAT Radio. We'll send it to you for free. On guard. I want you to spell his name, <laughs> his first name. Deepak. Oh, is it Deepak? Yeah, D-E-E-P-A-K. Okay. Raju, R-E-J-U. All right. Raju. So like Deepak Chopra, but Deepak Raju. <laughs> a little yes. different, little different a little, theological little different. event there, yeah. <laughs> so on guard, is that from a, a Christian perspective then? It is, and from a pastor's perspective. Written specifically for pastors in a local church. Okay, so here's a question I have for you, and maybe as as we're talking about this, Jeff, it just goes through my mind. What if somebody comes forward and says, "Hey, we have a we have a potential abuse situation in this day and age. Somebody can be ruined forever without um, ever having any. It can just be an allegation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and and so you walk a fine line here, and I know that uh, I've actually had friends, Jeff, that were part of a church, that an abuse came forward. It was seen as consensual, 
And because of the age difference in the youth as a 16-year-old and a young adult youth guy who, by the way, nothing against single guys out there, but I think married guys make the best youth pastors, actually, because their wives keep them out of trouble, right? I mean, but, but this young guy was in his 20s, and, you know, when you start talking about spiritual things with people, it it is an intimate thing. I don't care what the age difference is. If you start talking about somebody's soul, it ministers to young ladies in a way that touches them deeply, you know, I like really on an emotional level. Sure. And it, it makes pastors, youth pastors, counselors vulnerable. And and so when you have an allegation of like that, how do y'all have any resources or any place to send people that they can work through that? How do they work through that in a way that doesn't damage a pastor until there's some kind of and, and also doesn't disparage the witness. It's a balancing act, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, well, one of the best things you can do in youth ministry is cultivate other leaders, uh, specific, specifically um, female leaders, to help disciple and to shepherd those young ladies in your youth ministry. So that's critical. I mean, if, if you're a youth pastor and you don't have female leadership in your youth ministry, well, there's the first thing to do. There's your homework. But then uh, this resource that we're talking about, On Guard, will have a lot more of those principles as far as policies and procedures and a response guide and all of the aspects that you need. You need to be thinking through screening of those workers and also training, abuse prevention training for anyone serving in children or youth ministry. Uh, you mentioned here a moment ago mandatory reporting. Here in Florida, the government, uh, which which we believe, right, Romans 13, is a god established um, authority institution Mm -hmm. in society. And why do we have government? It's to protect people, right? That's Mm -hmm. the number one purpose of government. Mm -hmm. So the government says here in Florida, if you suspect that abuse has taken place or neglect, so it's not up to you to determine that it's actually happened. If you suspect that it's happened, you are to immediately report it either to law enforcement or to uh, DCPS. So, and churches have gotten trouble for not for trying to handle this stuff in house. It's true. And I can share from personal knowledge that that there is a there's a tendency, especially if these are good people on the outside and every other realm, and and they made a bad choice. You you understand the devastation that takes place uh, on a staff person level, like. It's career ending in, in a lot of people's minds as they think it. So they want to be gracious and want to try to deal with it. But there are, and, and I know the one I'm talking about was in another state, and it was mandatory. Mm-hmm. And it, it was mandatory to report. They did not report it, and they tried to handle it in-house as elders in the church, and it came back to bite them in a huge way 20 years later. Uh, because the damage was never dealt with for the poor victim and that and and you, they didn't do any uh, good services for the the guy even though yes was it an immature decision yes was it a poor choice yes but still 20 years elapsed he goes on and gets to a major ministry impacting lots of people and guess what happened the damage done when that came out, was a thousand times worse than had it been dealt with appropriately the first time. Mm-hmm. 
And and don't we have a habit in the Christian community, Jeff, of trying to cover up? Sadly, sometimes even it's it's well intentioned. Uh, but the bottom line is, and by the way, you can go if you're here in Florida, go to uh, Department Florida Department of Children and Family Services. Their website is myflfamilies.com. My flfamilies.com and you can learn there about uh, mandatory reporting and that's not just for Christian ministries that's for any organization any person that sees a young person a minor right who's 18 years or, or younger who's being abused or neglected or suspects that abuse or neglects uh, taking place so know your mandatory reporter laws uh, different states have different laws but that's uh, for Florida myflfamilies.com. Yeah, and while I have you here, and I know you primarily focus on the children with the council, right? That's their their primary focus. I, just as an elder and somebody who's been in ministry for a while, um, I, I'd like you to weigh in on this. You know, w- over the last 27 years, I've seen a lot of situations where pastors are counseling women and I mean, it, it came out even, I think, about Hillsong, one of their pastors. It, it is such a breach of trust when a pastor has an affair with somebody they're counseling. Talk about the damage uh, for, about that for a second, just about the step of protocol. I mean, and ethics and, and morals as far as when God entrusts you to take care of a sheep, Yes, and and you abuse that. That is abuse, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It that, is. That's not that's not a mistake. That's abuse. Isn't Spiritual it? abuse because you have um, a pastor or someone in leadership or some sort of spiritual authority over a you know over a congregant, a, a member, a regular tender, whoever it might be. And absolutely, if that person in leadership is abusing their position to take advantage of a vulnerable person who may be going through a hard time or or whatever it might be. Um, it's absolutely inappropriate, inexcusable, and is considered abuse. Absolutely. I, I, I wondered if you thought it was – I've always thought it was abusive to do that, even if it's consensual. It doesn't matter if it's consensual, it's right? I mean, it doesn't matter if that person who's providing counseling is in the spiritual, is viewed and – it, it, and the viewing is in view of the person who is being abused, right? If that person – sees that person in leadership as a, an authority figure, spiritual authority, then yes, it is. Yeah, and I, I, unfortunately, that happens far too often in the Christian community. And and people are hesitant. I, I, I think one reason people are so hesitant to speak out, Jeff, is because uh, people have their own secret sins. I, I, I see that often, that, that, that people have their own secret struggles, and so they're, they don't want to come down hard on somebody because they tend to rationalize it away. Well, they're two consenting adults, but whether they're consenting or not, that doesn't matter, does it? Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. That's right. That's right. And it's heartbreaking. Obviously, that's disqualifying for the person in leadership and, uh, and the devastation that can, be, uh, that can happen to, uh, to the person being abused. Uh, it just is it's really heartbreaking. Diane Langberg has a fantastic book on this topic, Redeeming Power. Understanding authority and abuse in the church. Uh, Dr. Langberg is a well-respected uh, leader um, and speaks authoritatively on this topic. And uh, I just commend that book, Redeeming well, Power. Redeeming Power. And what's her name again? Diane Langberg. Diane Langberg. All right. Hey, I want to go back um, before we we go to our, our news break. 
You you had mentioned getting the book on guard. I went to your website. So at the website, how do they contact you? Is there a contact place on there or yep, in the navigation under about? Okay, go to so if you go to ecap.net and go to about, it, it has contact ECAP. Just click on that. Yep. And when you go down there, put your name and all the stuff in there. In the message part, all you got to do is put SWAT radio, S-W-A-T radio. They're going to send you the book On Guard by Deepak Riju. And that book would be very helpful. So, again, go to ecap.net, click on the About tab up in the upper right-hand corner, and then contact us. Uh, write in your organization or your name or your stuff. And in the message, just put SWAT radio. Um, you know, uh, one more question before we uh, we kind of go to the break. When we come back, I want I want to talk to you about the – Christian Chamber of Commerce, sure. uh, but one more thing on this this um, this abuse. We, we haven't really we we talked about adults in counseling situations, uh, children. I I, I want to uh, ask you. Uh, oh, I know what I was going to do. I was I was looking at your website, and as I was looking at it, I just saw that you come out with these standards um, that um, that. You just released not too long ago. Um, Standards came out about three years ago. Okay. Well, then maybe. And we're launching the, our accreditation program. Maybe that's what it is. Their yeah. accreditation white paper. Yep. The, yep. That's, that's maybe, coming out in January. Okay. Um, but I, so that's coming. So that hadn't come out yet, right? We're, we're working with about 40 ministries, various levels of, of degrees to, uh, to run trials of that program. And it'll launch fully in January. Okay. So, um, I, but I did see this groundbreaking standards that you can go on there and see uh, what they wrote. Uh, if you go to the website and just scroll down the main page, it has these articles, child safety standards that are offered for public review, and it's very helpful, and it talks about not just churches, but even Christian schools, right? That's right. So. Yep. So anyway, that is um, the Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention. We're going to be back with more from Jeff Dalrymple, and we're going to be talking about the Christian Chamber of Commerce here in Jacksonville. And uh, we're going to be right back with more SWAT Radio after the news. I hope you'll stay tuned for more of SWAT Radio. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with my friend Jeff Dalrymple. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about uh, Evangelical Council for um, Abuse Prevention. And, I, I, Jeff, years ago there was a guy who told me a story that it, it kind of forever, like, changed the way I 
think about pornography or abuse. Um, because when people abuse anybody, like sexually, it's it's objectifying those people for their own purposes, right? And there was a guy who, this was back pre-iPhone, pre, you know, uh, it, it was, it, you you had to go get the, the, the really uh, X-rated uh, videos from Blockbuster or wherever in a brown paper bag. You know, I'm talking about those days. You remember those days out in California? They So this guy was actually out in California, and he went and he rented. And, and parents, you may want to cover up your kids' ears as I share this story because it is sensitive about what happens. But when you talk about sexual abuse, it is something that happens. And parents, if you don't educate your children, I like even my – I have special needs children that are young and, and very young in mind. But we talk to them and make sure they understand that nobody should be touching them. Nobody should be uh, messing with their private places. And so, anyway, this guy was out in uh, California and went to this place where he got this video, took it back to his hotel, and was doing what guys do when they watch those kind of movies. And he, he was going through his process and all of a sudden, his daughter popped up in the video. Mm. And he realized that it was his daughter who turned out to be a drug addict that he didn't know she was a drug addict. And this is how she supported the habit. And all of a sudden, he went from arousal to ashamed in about one second. Mm-hmm. And my friend told me that he never watched another video like that again because what happened the reality of what was going on hit him that that oh my gosh this is my it was sick it was demented he objectified his own daughter and and that's where sin takes you it always takes you further than you want to go it costs you more than you want to pay that's right and the consequences are more than you want to deal with and and so when you when you objectify any woman or man for that matter for your own pleasure it is sinful god made women and men to dwell together in in the in the context of marriage and i know our culture is confused on this issue right now but we as believers don't do anything to help facilitate that when we're abusing our own I mean, they, they, they see pastors who are guilty of abuse, and they say, well, who are they to talk to us about anything? We lose our moral authority. And that's why what you're doing is so important. So, again, it's the Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention. Sorry for that little diatribe, but it was uh, it was real. That really happened. That's And, and now I've never thought about it uh, the same after hearing that story. Uh We've got a great resource on our website from CCEF, uh, the Biblical Counseling Ministry. Uh, Julie Lowe is on faculty there, and there's a resource article, Five Ways to Help Protect Your Kids from Sexual Abuse. Mm -hmm. And just really quickly, uh, number one, teach them developmentally an appropriate view of sex, sexuality, and their bodies. You can contact us. I've got some more resources on that, just brief mention. Number two, instruct kids to respect their bodies and the bodies of others. Um, and there's some more information on this resource under each of these five points. Train kids to pay attention when something or someone makes them feel uncomfortable. 
Number four, instill the ability to discuss hard topics without fear, shame, or embarrassment. Mm. And number five, teach them who's safe to go to. Who's that authority? If something happens, where do I go to get some help? But check that out from CCEF. You can find it linked to the ECAP resources page at ECAP.net. Oh, that's good. So uh, so just I like when you tell me this stuff, I want to do it. So if I go to resources page mm-hmm. and then go to – do I go to library? Or I go to resources. Resources. And then it's it's there. It's got the handprint graphic, five ways to help protect kids from sexual abuse. Okay. Julie Lowe. Julie Lowe. Oh, my gosh. you got so many things on here. This is amazing. Great website. Uh, if, if, if Yeah, I see that. Five ways to help protect your kids uh, or children from sexual abuse. That is a great thing from CCEF. Um, go to the ECAP website. And, and go there. A lot of good resource for parents out there. Um, wow. You know, and, and this is something that we don't talk a lot about in the church because of its sensitive nature. But, you know, I realized a long time ago when I traveled to other countries that these kind of conversations are part of growing up. And um, as the church, we've kind of stuck our head in the sand a little bit, hadn't we? Yeah, and and you know there's a there's a problem of abuse worldwide. It's not just in the United States of America, but uh, while ECAP is focused primarily in the United States, there's a need, and so we've got uh, we're we're trying to raise funds right now to expand into Canada, to Mexico. We've got um, a French version of On Guard that we're trying to raise funds for, and also a Spanish version of On Guard, so that we can move outside the bounds of the U.S. and provide these these biblical resources to uh, to help with abuse prevention in other parts of the world. And so um, if you have a desire to uh, help um, the ECAP um, be able to provide resources like that, uh, you can go to their website and just click over, I guess, let's see, support the mission. How about that? Right down there at the bottom. And uh, you can uh, sponsor, give, um, and just click on either one of those. That's ECAP.net. And uh, and I love that you got pray down there. Just pray that God would be honored and glorified in the development process for the protection of children and other people. You know, children, Abraham Lincoln would always tip his hat at children. Why? Because he said, I never know who they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Future president. And, uh, man, I, I, I feel like in this culture, Jeff, children – have had a lot stolen from them, both from the violence, the sexualization, mm-hmm. and everything. And it's really, really sad. And um, I just, I, I, I thank you for being a part of helping the church be a light in that area. Uh, I want to talk to you a little about um, the Christian Chamber of Commerce now, just switching gears a little bit. Sure. Uh, why do we need a Christian Chamber of Commerce in Jacksonville, Florida? Well, great question. Well, Brad Sykes, again, mentioning our dear friend, uh, he and I, this this opportunity kind of got thrust upon us. So um, he dumped this on you again, by the way. <laughs> no. he just, yeah. It sounds like the Blue Angels yeah, are I think the, practicing I think overhead. Do you yeah, hear that's that? That's the sound of freedom. If, if you hear the jets in the background, I love that sound being a former jet pilot. I love 
that sound. I well, miss that, it. So. The air shows this weekend. I think it is. Yeah. Sorry, it has nothing to do with the Christian Chamber, but I can't <laughs> help. Even with these uh, earphones on, you can hear them overhead. Okay, you got to admit that's a pretty pumped up sound, oh, isn't it? Yes. When you hear those jets go yes. over, and I'll be there on Saturday. Yeah. We're looking forward. I'm every gonna, year. I won't be here. I'll be out of town, but uh, I try to go every time we're here. It's just a fun thing, it is. and it's a good way to support the military. They love. I know I did a lot of air shows when I was in the military, and there's nothing more encouraging than going out and having the support of the public. So Yeah, super cool. All right, Christian Chamber of Commerce. So so Brad and I, and, and, and the person who first connected us uh, together is uh, Zach Terry, dear friend, First Baptist Fernandina Beach. I'm sure you got some listeners yeah. who may be up there on Amelia Island. Um, and so Brad and I, we're local church guys. We don't want to do anything that will detract from serving Christ's church. That's the bride of Christ. And that is so important to be a part of a local church. So I hope your listeners are a part of a Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church. So the Christian Chamber of Commerce, uh, we're working with folks at the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce based in Orlando, Florida, who are helping us start a marketplace ministry here in Northeast Florida. So, yes, Jacksonville, but we're a little bit broader. Reminds North. me of Acts 17, like Paul, when he's in the Agora. Man, it's just marketplace ministry, right? I was just there with Zach Terry, actually, in Greece. That's no way. A whole, yeah, yeah I, I've never been there. Oh, yeah, let's go. Uh, is it pretty cool? It's way cool. Do, do you like looking at that temple to demons over there? <laughs> That's what I tell people. All these Americans go over there, and they're in awe of all the... The temples and i said do you realize you're you're really praising temples to demons that's what those were you know well, well it's powerful is to go to corinth and to stand there and to look up at the acropolis, acropolis of corinth, corinth and to think of the context when paul's writing that letter to the church at corinth what's taking place in that culture two thousand years ago is very very similar to today we're just talking about the sexualization of the culture and that's the backdrop of when he writes all sorts of wonderful things in the, the Corinthian letters, but specifically about love, 1 Corinthians 13, agape love, selfless, sacrificial, others-focused, the backdrop of what's taking place in Corinth and how that relates to us today, it's powerful. Well, you talk about a sexualized culture in Bible times, boy, Corinth was, I don't, I don't know which was worth, Corinth or Rome. You know, yeah. I mean, they were both pretty bad, right? That's right. Uh, That's right. W- w- real quick, just because you mentioned it. Sorry. Was the Acropolis, well, see, now you got me on a rabbit trail. Was <laughs> the Acropolis in Greece, did you see, is there an Acropolis yeah. there, right? Was yeah. it was it as intact as the one in Corinth, or was it as big? So the one in, in, in Athens, Athens, right, I mean, yeah. in, in Athens is uh, one you can easily access. Uh, so the one at Corinth is up higher and is a bigger commitment to go up there. I've actually never been up there. I've only been down below in ancient Corinth, but yeah. you can look up on the top and there's a medieval fortress around the, the temple to, uh, I think it's Aphrodite, uh, yeah. the Aphrodite, but then you go to Athens and you can hike up to the Parthenon, which is at the top of the Acropolis. And right there next to it is Mars Hill, which is famous, right? Uh, it's, it's there. That's the what Apostle we just Paul. taught on this, this last week. Uh, We're going to be speaking about it next week on there. It's my favorite passage there. Act 17, where Paul is standing there and he sees, you can see the Acropolis up here and you can see all of Athens all in front of you. And, and he says to the Athenians, I perceive that you're religious. Why? Because he sees all these gods all around him. And then he launches into the gospel. Who is God judgment that will come and calls people to repent and to follow Jesus Christ right then and there. It's powerful. One well, of my favorite passages. And, and that's, you know, that we, we talked a little bit this week on air Monday and Brad and I did Monday through Wednesday about 
when Paul was there. And, you know, right before we came in off the break, Brandon Heath's song, Give Me Your Eyes, came on. And the whole principle that I drew out of Paul's first, the first verse there where Paul's in Athens is he was provoked because he saw with divine eyes. It wasn't even that he was moved by the lostness of the people. He was moved by all the idolatry that was there. And it it so provoked him that he goes right to the synagogue, then the marketplace. It's like, okay, I got to go in and I got to get the word out to these people because they had not heard about Jesus. You know, and one of the SWAT guys asked me this week, Jeff, he said, well, how do you know that they had not heard? I mean, it had been 50 years since Jesus had been crucified. And I said, well, because when the Epicureans and the Stoics took him to the uh, Areopagus, they said this was a strange new teaching. So they, they had not heard about Jesus. That's kind of mind-blowing to think about 50 years after Jesus, even though, you know, Paul was, goes in there, they hadn't heard about it. And and so he goes in there on a tear. So with the chamber, is that one thing you're trying to do is give people divine eyes in the marketplace? Well, 2,000 years later, there's still the same type of idolatry that exists today. It just looks more sophisticated than what Paul looked at, I think. Um, we worship all sorts of things. We're made to worship, right? We're human beings created in the image of God, and we worship a number of things. It could, Yeah, he's uh, Doug's holding up his iPhone here. Uh, it could be money. It could be a career. It could be a relationship. You name it. Because we were created to worship, it's so natural for us. That's our human, our, our human bent is to worship. But we were created to worship, and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that causes us to repent, to follow him. It reorients our entire thinking to do what we were created to do, which is to worship the one true and living God. Mm-hmm. And we hope at the at the Jacksonville or the excuse me the the Northeast Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce to help marketplace leaders worship the one true and living God. We want to encourage them towards greater faithfulness. We want to equip them. We want to inspire them uh, to be faithful in the marketplace. And that's not just in business. We're talking to marketplace leaders, but we're looking holistically at their lives. What does faithfulness look like in marriage? In parenting? Of course, in your business, in your faith community, in your neighborhood, what does it mean to worship the one true and living God? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm just sitting here thinking about idol worship in our culture, and I was thinking about a conversation I had with uh, one of my children not too long ago, and we were talking about um, an issue, and I told my child the truth about the issue, and my child verified my truth with Google (laughs) and Google has become God for a lot of people. And, and the thing about idolatry is when you seek truth apart from God's truth, when you seek to, to be comforted apart from God's comfort, when you seek to be delivered from something apart from God's delivering you, any of those things become idolatrous and and we are so dependent on technology today that a lot of times before we consult with God in the morning, we go to the stock market or we go to our uh, emails or we go to wherever we go. Social media. Yeah, yeah, social media. And listen, if you're a business owner out there or let's say you just work in a business in Jacksonville, uh, in St. Augustine, up in South Georgia, any of these places close to us here in Jacksonville, you can send Jeff an email 
at J-E-F-F, his name, at N-E-F-L for Northeast Florida. It's N-E-F-L, ChristianChamber.com. So it's Jeff at N-E-F-L, ChristianChamber.com. And they, they've had several events already. And tell us how those, tell us how your last prayer event went. Yeah. It was fantastic. Tom McLeod yeah. with Transformation Jacksonville helped host an event here at the Salem Center, actually, a few weeks ago. Uh, we had over 50 people uh, register, had great attendance. It was fantastic. And we we're just praying together for our city, for our civic and government leaders, um, for first responders and the military, which has a tremendous presence here in Jacksonville. Um, and and that are that are the future of this Christian chamber, which is just warming up. We don't even have a website to send you to. So yes, you can email me. This we'll is get new. More information. This is, this is very very new. Yeah. Uh, but we've got a board. Uh, we've got uh, Tammy McClafferty from LifeWork Leadership, Bennett Brown, uh, Dr. Chuck Coker, along with Brad and I, who formed the board, and we're launching in January. So here you go, January Thursday, January nineteenth for lunch. Uh, mark your calendars. Email me. And we'll get you more information. Uh, There will be tickets and registration, but that will be our next event Thursday, January 19th. And that's Jeff at NEFLChristianChamber.com. Well, I'm I'm excited about that component. I know that this has been a burden to you and Brad. Y'all both had a, a vision to see this happen. And I'm excited about it happening here in Jacksonville. And you've got some heavy hitters on the board as far as Christian influencers. Uh, Dr. Chuck Coker, we've had him on several times. He is is very um, passionate about the Lord and about the marketplace. He's a man who was very, very successful out in the business world and still does so much but has a great theological bent. Bennett Brown, another dear brother, started multiple banks and been very successful as a banker. Um, and Bennett Brown's one of those guys that, uh, shows that you can be involved with money and yet not serve money. Uh, he really is. Bennett was my roommate on my first trip to Russia back in 1994. Oh my goodness. And, uh, so I've known Bennett a long time. So, um, do you guys with the chamber, are, are there any needs that you have right now? Is there like ways that if there are people listening today, uh, and by the way, Jeff, just so you know, we've got people listening in Mississippi uh, on two radio stations there, WMER and WMOX, up in Virginia Beach and the Chesapeake, Virginia area, up on WPMH, and here, St. Augustine, Folkestone, Georgia. So uh, for the people here in Jacksonville, or if you're outside of Jacksonville and you have a desire to help, uh, how can what are some needs that you have for the chamber itself? Well, we're trying to, we need to raise about $15,000 startup cost to launch the full program for the Christian Chamber next year. So there's some funds that are needed, um, you know, building a website and these types of things, um, kicking off the the program. Uh, But if you're not in Northeast Florida and you're interested maybe in a Christian Chamber, uh, look at the U.S. Christian Chamber's website. It's uschristianchamber.com, uschristianchamber.com. They're based in Orlando, wonderful people who love the Lord. Literally last week, had uh, we, were, we were down in Orlando for the Christian uh, Business Expo that they hosted at First Baptist Orlando. So it's an annual event, and they've, we've been working with them, learning from them as we start this Christian Chamber. So if, if, there's, if you're not in an area that has a Christian Chamber, check out the U.S. US Christian Chamber. All right, so what, what really spawned this in you? Like, how did this come about? 
like when you came to Jacksonville, the last time I had you on, we didn't talk about this. That's right. So, so what happened that made you think, wow, we could really use a Christian chamber here in Jacksonville? You know, talking with those Christian influencers, uh, there just became, it became evident that there was a need for market. You know, there's a number of marketplace ministries already. Wise Council, LifeWork Leadership. Uh, there's a number, right? C12. C12, yeah, yep. that's another there's one. There's a number of these wonderful ministries. We're not trying to compete with any of them. We view the Christian chamber as kind of top of the funnel. And we want to direct business leaders towards those other wonderful marketplace ministries. And we want to create a safe place where churches and Christian nonprofits can engage with the marketplace. And so really it's kind of its association model, right? That's what the chamber is. And so we want to point people to great churches, to great resources. We want to, like I said, encourage, equip, and inspire them towards faithfulness in the ministry. Yeah, that's good to hear. You know, unfortunately— I was talking to a guy today. I was sharing with you before the program about kind of a new thing God has kind of put out there for me to be involved with, just praying through. And so I reached out to another ministry that's in Texas that has been doing it for a couple of years, and they're doing it very well. And uh, I'd had the uh, the guy who started it on the radio program about a year ago, and he really – God used him to kind of inspire me to think about this need that's in our, our world. And so I reached out to him. The first thing the guy I spoke to said was, well, you know, we're just so excited that you want to be involved in addressing this need. You know, there's no competition in the ministry field. We're all about partnership and working that's together. Right. So whatever we can do to help, you know, here, I just, I'll send you a bunch of stuff. And that's so different from the world where you patent copyright and kind of hold, hold, hold everything yeah. because we got to be the only one doing this. Our livelihood depends on it. Isn't that true? Do you see that? And there's an open-handed generosity that I see. It's really, really exciting. We're thrilled at the response. We had uh, over 80 people show up to our interest lunch uh, back in August. And you know what we're seeing is that there's other Christian chambers already exist. So Orlando, that's the Central Florida Christian Chamber. There's one in Tampa. There's another one in Cincinnati, Las Vegas. Um, and there's a few others in the works. Uh, there's uh, some folks from Atlanta that are thinking about putting one together. And uh, I think I heard Milwaukee and South Florida as well. So we're really excited to see what the Lord's doing in this area. Yes. Yeah, so if you are in Virginia or Mississippi or Georgia or Idaho or wherever you are, um, and you go, you know, find some business leaders that are believers in your community and talk to them about this. Wouldn't it be great if there in every city there was a Christian chamber of commerce mm-hmm. that got Christian led businesses together with churches and parachurches to have a cohesive effort to reach their city for Christ? Wouldn't that be great? It would be amazing. Yeah, because because the one thing that has always struck me about Christian ministry, uh, Jeff, is, you know, when I was in the military, you 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 tended to work together to accomplish a mission. In other words, mission drove everything. Mm -hmm. But when I I got out of the FBI in '94 and got into ministry, there was so much competition. In the ministry world, it's like I, I've, I've never forgot one time I asked a guy for an illustration. It was a great illustration. And I said, do you mind sharing that with me? And he wouldn't share it with me. 
And I said, this is a true story. So I'm on a plane with this guy. We're going to this event. And he just he was sharing some illustrations, and I thought, that's awesome. And I, I said, you know, I'd love to use that sometime. Not here, because he's speaking there. But I said, I'd love to use that. Do you mind sharing that? Oh, no, I can't do that. Well, because what if I go speak where you speak sometime? And I'm, I mean, it just struck me really hard because, like, nothing is original to us. Anything God gives as an illustration, like, you can have my notes, you can have my, my – I don't care because it's all from God. For a greater purpose. It's for, it's for his purposes. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and yet I, I'm just struck sometime in the Christian community. So I think anything we can do to bring together businesses, Christian businesses, Christian ministries, uh, and get them to working together is a good thing. Amen. That's what we're all about. Love to reach out to and talk to any of your listeners who are, are interested in learning more. Thursday, January 19th is our next gathering. Thursday, January 19th. Again, that email address is jeff at any flchristianchamber.com. And by the way, if you just want to reach out to Jeff about that idea for your city, he can redirect you Mm -hmm. uh, if you have any questions. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, I know it's hard to believe, but our time has come to an end. Where did it go? It's an hour. Yeah, one of the fastest hours in radio right here on SWAT radio. Maybe let me come in and interview some interview you sometime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you so I much. might I might get you to do that. Hey, Let's you've go. been listening to SWAT radio. I've been talking to Jeff Dalrymple who is um the are you the CEO of ECAP? Or executive director. The, the executive director. I don't ever know which term to use. Sorry. He's the executive director of Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention. It is a great resource ecap.net also he is heading up with brad the uh, christian chamber of commerce here in jacksonville for more info on that you can go to jeff at nflchristianchamber.com you can listen to this or any past broadcast by going to www.swatradio.com thank you to our sponsors our stations and uh, if you want to communicate with us you can go to facebook at swat radio talk twitter at swat radio talk tomorrow will be Taylor Johnson and his dad, former NFL athlete and uh, chaplain, Anthony Johnson. He also has a counseling ministry. Tune in tomorrow. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual